Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. Um, Before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I yield myself completely to you. None of me, but all of you. Holy Spirit, speak from the heart of the Father what you want to say tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week, we had an exciting time together. I hope uh, last week was a blessing to everyone. Um, And this week, we are going to continue our journey together. Uh, For those that are watching from home, please... uh, we welcome you as well. Uh, stay focused on, on the message. Uh, don't allow for any type of distraction. So last week, we had some homework. How many of us did our homework? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Uh, very, very powerful uh, uh, section of scriptures that we looked at last week. We, looked, we covered several things last week, which I believe was a very strong foundation for this particular teaching uh, that we've been on. Uh, we ended with uh, inward witness or witness uh, last time. So I'm going to run through some quick things before we get into the material for today. So last week, um, I told us that the nine gifts of the Spirit can be subcategorized into three categories, the power gifts, the revelation gifts, and the vocal gifts. The power gifts are the gifts that do something, which are the gift of faith, the gift of working of miracles, the gift of healings, gifts of healings, plural. Revelation gifts are gifts that reveal word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Vocal gifts are tongues, they say something, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. All of the nine gifts are available to the body of Christ. So last time I said that God can manifest any of the gifts through any person in the body of Christ. But I want to clarify that. It doesn't mean that God cannot walk the gift through me or through you or through that person, through that person. But when a body, a church, a local group, or the church, the larger church of the Lord Jesus Christ, desire it. That's why I said in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, um, I do not want you to be ignorant of these gifts. And then he said, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, 14, 1. So he's not talking about individual members to desire it. He's talking about the whole body to desire it. And then the Holy Spirit, as he wills, will manifest as, as he wills. So, and I also mentioned last week that if a church, a local church, or the larger church welcomes the Holy Spirit, welcomes the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, then there will be more manifestation that would occur in that particular local group. I've been in a church, or I've been in churches where they don't even acknowledge the gift of the Spirit. In places like that, he is not welcome, and 
there will be no manifestation because it's not welcomed. So it's very important for us to understand that clarification. So we, we've looked at these three subcategories, the power gift, revelation gift, and vocal gift. And I also mentioned last week that uh, if you are not called into uh, a ministry gift, the fivefold ministry, there are other gifts that are given to the body. For example, if all the gifts that are available are just the five gifts, you know, pastors, evangelists, who's going to get teachers? Who's going to make your clothes? Who's going to do that chair? Who's going to build this building? Who's going to do the roads? Who's going to uh, put the technology together that allows you to watch me live stream? So all of those are also gifts. Amen? Because the Bible says all good gifts and all perfect gifts comes from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So then you ask yourself, what about all the unbelievers? You know, they have gifts, they have talents. You know, there's a guy, you know his name, Zuckerberg, he built Facebook. We are on Facebook right now, preaching the gospel. That gift was given to him. There are people that are gifted with ability to sing, but then they use it to sing about body parts and sex and all of that stuff. It's a gift nonetheless, even though they are using it to serve the enemy. Amen? So all of those are gifts. Because think about it another way. If everybody that's in the body has to be in one of those fivefold gifts, Who's going to preach to who? If all of us are pastors, evangelists, who are we preaching to? <laughs> so I don't want us to be, and then when you look at it in the Bible, it's not clearly spelt out. You have to read between the lines. And we're going to get to that hopefully tonight. So if you don't have an office, one of the fivefold offices, that doesn't mean that God has not gifted you. Amen. And that part of it has not been taught as much in the body. We talk about the fivefold, which we need to talk about. But there are other people that are not gifted, you know, architects, sports people, military. I mean, you see some anointed by God to protect, to serve. I mean, you see some military guys. I mean, there's a bunch of military folks and veterans in the house. They will run into the building. You know, firemen. I'm running out. Amen? They are running in. There's a gifting for that. Doctors. They, they think differently. Because God has gifted them differently. So those are all gifts. Amen? That's part of the, uh, the gift that the Father has given. And we are going to see where they are listed in the Word of God. And I'll give you a hint. Another one that you are familiar with in the body is the gift of music. If you look at the five-fold ministry, you will not find the gift of music minister. You will not find it in the Bible. You will find that actually under the gift of helps. Some of you may not agree with that, but that's okay. We don't need to squabble over that. <laughs> Bottom line is whatever God has gifted you to do, do it. That's the most important thing. You can call it whatever you want to call it. 
as long as you are fulfilling the call that God has placed in your life, then you are, then you are okay. You know, my, one of my spiritual mentors, Kenneth Hegan, said it, said it this way. If you, I'm specifically talking about the gift of teaching, preaching, or being a minister of the gospel. He said, if you have the preach in you, it's going to come out. If the preach is inside you, it's coming out. Uh, you, you, you can't hide it. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, when, when, I, when I first began to realize that something was vibrating on the inside of me, that I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now, I'm telling you, I'll be preaching to the mirror. I, I still do it. I, I'm, I'm preparing the message, and I'm going to talk about some of my experiences so far. I'm preparing the message, and I feel the anointing, whether it's the prophetic anointing or the teaching anointing, I feel it flowing through me. It gets to a point that I have to get up and just, I got to get up in my office. I'm walking back and forth. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to, my, to myself. You, you got to ask my kids. They will tell you, daddy's, daddy's doing it again. It's, if you got the preaching you, it's going to come out. And so that thing that God has called you to do is vibrating on the inside, waiting for expression. Amen. And the, be, the, the first step is to begin to ask the one that made you, Lord, what have you made me to be a vessel on the earth? Amen? I don't have to copy. I just have to be part of Storm. I don't have to copy Sam. I don't have to copy whoever. I just have to be me. Amen? So the gifting that God has placed inside of you is waiting for expression. And the Bible says the whole creation groans with bad pangs, waiting for the revealing and the manifestation of the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. That thing that you carry, that gifting that God has placed on the inside of you, we need it. Amen? That thing that God has uniquely gifted you to do in the body, we need it. You know, like the Bible talked about, uh, it was when it was trying to describe the body of Christ, he's describing it like the you know the human body. The hand has a function. The eyes see. The mouth speak. The leg walk. Every part has its function to supply. Right. Amen? Amen. Mine just happened to be a speaking part. Amen. Some people are called to pray. They are intercessors. Amen. They can't help themselves. They just have to get on their knees and pray. Now, I'm not saying that, that that means that everybody else should not pray. No, no, no. I'm talking about ex, in, in, an, in, a, in a different realm. They take it to the next level. You know, they can stay on their knees for four hours. And it's just they, they, are, they are at home. You know, it's like a, a fish. A fish in the water. A fish in the water and it, they don't struggle. Amen? Because that's how they are made. They are made to be in the water. If you throw me in water, you better have some lifeline and <laughs> get somebody that knows how to swim to come and rescue me. Praise the Lord. A fish doesn't have to struggle to be in the water because that's the way it was made by the Creator. There's something that God has placed on the inside of you. The church is waiting for it. And I'll tell you also, 
until you start walking in the gifting that, and the calling that God has on your life, you are, you are not going to be fulfilled. I don't want to say you are not going to be happy. You are not going to be fulfilled. Because it's in that call that you find your fulfillment. Amen? Amen. So you, you need to find it. You need to find it. If you don't know what God has called you to do, take adequate time to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what is my call? And once you find it, don't be distracted by what James is doing or what Bishop is doing or what that person is doing. You stay on your lane and keep going until you hear from headquarters something else to do. Amen? Because in the, in the seasons that God has planned for your destiny, there are things that God has scheduled that you must accomplish. So you have to, that's why you have to stay hooked up to headquarters and begin to find out, okay, Lord, what, do you, what is the agenda for this year? What is the agenda for this month? And then you run after it, you run after it. And I told us last time too, I used the analogy of having a baby and then the baby growing to adulthood. Michael, for example. I remember when he was smaller. Now he's taller than me. You know, everybody starts at the baby stage. I don't, I mean, is there anybody in the room that started as an adult? That would make national news. You know, you just came out and you are fully grown. The mother's probably not going to survive it. I'm just saying. So even in the midst of your assignment, there are periods of growth. Amen? Whether an apostle, prophet, evangelist, you grow into the full maturity of what God has called you into. Amen? So let's look at some scriptures tonight. We ended last time on inward witness. Because I, I, I didn't want to just focus on prophecy and prophetic and all of that stuff. But what, what about the rest of the body? How does God speak to you as a believer? Do you know that even for prophets, God speaks to him about him through the inward witness? God talks to him about him through the inward witness. Now, he has revelations given to him. Because of his office. Just like, uh, I don't know, I'm not very familiar with the military. Depending on your rank, there are some resources that are given to you. There are some capabilities that are given to you because of your rank. So the same thing, if you are called to the office of a prophet, there are some things that goes along with that office. If you are called to be an apostle, there are some things that, go, that goes along with that office. So whatever God has called you to do, there are giftings that are in there. You know, there's a book that I read many years ago by Mike Murdoch. How many of us know Mike Murdoch? It's called The Assignment. So for the past three weeks, as I was preparing, praying, preparing, praying, just keep uh, spending time before the Lord, the, the book kept coming up in my It kept coming up talking about how God speaks. The book kept, I've read it many, many times. It kept coming up in my spirit. So finally I said, okay, God, I know what you're saying. Because God will be talking to you, and sometimes you ignore it. So I, I went to the book in the past one week, and I read s several chapters of it. Your assignment, I mean, you got to get that book. The Assignment by Mike Murdoch. 
especially for our young people. Because, you know, we, they go for counseling, they're trying to figure out what do I want to do. And sometimes they are guided by what's popular right now, what's paying the most, what's, uh, you know, what my dad did or what my mom did. No. Why don't you find out what God gifted you to do? Because in that place, you find joy, you find fulfillment, and you'll be useful for the body of Christ. Amen. So we talked about inward witness and it's so powerful because that's primarily how the most important revelation, the most import, important information that the Lord ever gave you came that way. The Bible says, you know that you are son of God by the witness of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Romans eight sixteen. The Bible says, the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That is the most important revelation God will give you as a child of God, that you are born again. When, the day you got born again, did your, anything change physically? No. Your hair did not grow taller or go shorter. You didn't get thinner. You didn't get fatter. You're still the same person. So how do you know? You just know here. You know, somebody will be asking you, how do you know you are a Christian? I just know here. I just know here. Right here on the inside of you. The same place God is going to witness to you what he's saying to you about whatever topic it is. The primary way God speaks to every child of God is by the inward witness. The second primary way is by the inward voice. And the third one is by the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. Three ways. Inward witness, inward voice, and the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. So you know by those methods what God is saying to you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 8 to 9, there are three that bear witness. We talked about that last time. Bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And... and and there are three that bear record on earth, the water, the blood, and the spirit. And these also agree. The Bible says in John 16, 13. I'm trying to go through real quick what we talked about last time so that we can move into what we have for this week. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Praise the Lord. So, we've established the fivefold ministry. We've also established that there are other gifts that God has given to people. We talked about people being anointed in the marketplace last time. We talked about all this other stuff, you know, being a doctor, being a lawyer, you know, like Martin Luther King. There's no doubt in my mind that that man was anointed for that season to carry out the assignment that he carried out as a deliverer of the African-American race for, because of the, you know, you know why, because of everything that was going on in our nation and, and we are still walking through it to some degree. And God will raise people like that, you know, activists. Uh, some of them are born again, some of them are not. 
the fact that you are not born again does not mean the gift is not in there. Amen? We spiritualize everything sometimes. The fact that you are not born again does not mean God has not called them. I told you there are musicians that are gifted. I, I don't know how they do music. How do they come up with tones and, and then put it together and write music and then come up with the beat? And all? I don't know all of that. But there are some people that they just flow. They know how to do it. They go in the studio, and before you know it, you have a jam, and you're jamming to it. It's like, man, that is so good. We just, we just worshiped together some music you know, a few minutes ago. That was given to somebody. There are people that are receiving songs from the throne of grace, anointed by the Holy Ghost. That's their call. So let every man abide in the same calling wherewith he is called. So the question you need to be asking yourself as we go through this study, praying before the Lord is, Lord, what is my call? Another thing you need to know is your job does not necessarily mean that's your call. That's what you do to make money. Now, sometimes if you are blessed and you knew this truth all along, generally speaking, that's not your job may also be your call. But generally speaking, that's not the case. So there's a difference between your assignment, your call, and your job. Praise the Lord. So let's move on. Uh, I said last time, the Bible says you may all prophesy. And you find that in 1 Corinthians 14. If you read the assignment, you find it in, um, towards the end of the chapter. So before we get to that, so what is prophecy? Prophecy the simple gift of prophecy is speaking to edification, exaltation, and comfort. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.3. Bible says, 14.3, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exaltation and comfort to men. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. And then he went on to talk about he who speaks in tongues and things like that. So if you, if you read the chapter, you, you already know some of this material that I'm talking about. So prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy is speaking to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, when it comes to the office of the prophet, which I'm hopeful that I will get to tonight, uh, God gives them revelations. And revelation can come through many vehicles. It can come by a dream. It can come by bubbling up and speaking forth in the moment. It can come through an angelic encounter. It can come through um, anybody. You are all students of the word. It can come through dreams. It can come through an angelic encounter. It can come via reading the word. Amen. Because the word of God is anointed. So prophecy is just a vehicle for time. We talked about what God is giving them. Amen? And last time we talked about word of wisdom and word of knowledge. And I prayed a lot about this, whether I should bring it up or not. But it seems like the Lord wants me to uh, speak to it. So I'm going to... Uh, I have New King James Version. 
I have New Living Translation. I have other translations that I look at. Now, when you look at... I know Pastor has New King James, and he uses New Living Translation as well. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go back two chapters. I want to show you something. Because one of my call is the office of a teacher and the office of a prophet. So a teacher explains, teaches, explains. Uh, Sometimes I preach, but generally I teach. So if you look at verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Now, when you read the New Living Translation, again, I don't want you guys to get mad or get upset with me. I'm just teaching what the Lord puts in my heart. Okay? The Bible says in New Living Translation, for to one is given by the Spirit. I think I actually changed it. Let me, let me go back to New Living Translation. Um, Give me a second. So, in verse 8, to one person, this is NLT, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Is this saying the same thing? No, it's not. It says... In New Living Translation, it gives you the ability to give wise advice. It's different from, for to one, it's given the word of wisdom. Because in James chapter 1, the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And he gives liberally to ev- without upbraiding. Talking about uh, the supernatural wisdom of God to deal wisely in the affairs of life. That's not what he's talking about here. But if you read New Living Translation, that's the impression you're going to get. So I want to encourage, I'm not telling you to stop using the translation you have, but I will advise you to add King James Version or New King James to it. Because, like Pastor said, I didn't even know that. After he said it, I went to research it. It's word for word. All the other translations are either thought for thoughts or some other, you know. So you, you, you want to get... Because this is saying something completely different. He said, ability to give wise advice. Now, I want to get into what is word of wisdom and word of knowledge. What's the definition of word of wisdom? Word of wisdom is the revelation of the plans and the purposes of God about a person, about a church, about anything, future. Word of wisdom is the revelation of facts. In the mind of God. Remember we said last time that God knows everything. But he only reveals a portion. The Bible says for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And like I said before, it doesn't matter the level of revelation that person has. It's just a small dot in the, do- in the bucket that God gave them. It's just a small dot. And the reason for that is because God wants us to live by faith. You know, in maybe next week or the week to follow, 
um, we are going to look at the story of when uh, Samuel was going to anoint David to be king. We, I think I've thought about it before. Why didn't God just tell him to go and anoint David? He said, go to the house of Jesse, and I've provided one of his sons to be my next king. Because he has to walk by faith. Because Hebrews eleven six tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whether you are a prophet, evangelist, pastor, whatever you are, you still have to operate by faith. Because think about it. If God puts the people in the fivefold in a different bucket, then God is a respecter of persons. He treats all of his children the same way, by faith. So that's why God gives a word of wisdom. And I also said last time, sometimes, not sometimes, when God reveals, it's either one of three buckets. The latter part, the middle, or the beginning part. For example, when I gave a word last, and many, many other prophets have given the word, that Trump is going to win, and I'm still saying it, by the way, that's a word of wisdom. That's a revelation of the plan of God that's in the future. Now, the future might be in a few days. It might be in a few months. It might be 400 years. Amen? Have you seen prophets of old prophesying about the Lord Jesus, and it happened 800 years later? Think about it. When they gave the word, they'd be like, what happened? It's been a year. It's been 20 years, and it hasn't happened yet. But do that. Matter is for 400 years in the future. So why does God do that? Because he's God, and he loves to reveal his plans. Because the Bible says, surely the Lord God, Amos 5, 6, I believe, the Lord God does nothing except he reveals his secret to the servant, the prophet. We said last time that God is a carrier of secrets, but God also reveals secrets. And that which he has revealed, we can walk in the light of it. And the word of God is a sure word of prophecy. So you don't need to go hunting for anything. Start with this. The word of God is anointed. And if the Holy Spirit sees fit to show any more details to you, he will. Amen? Because you are his son, you are his daughter, and he will speak to you if he wants to. So word of wisdom and word of knowledge, that's the definition. So, but then if you look at New Living Translation, you're not, you're not going to get that sense there because it's telling you it's the ability to give wise, wise counsel. Not so. So that's why I want to advise. I'm not saying throw it away because there are some, when I, as I continue to study, where it helps me to it expand on it, like amplified version amplifies. So I read every one of those translations. I'm not saying go and throw it away, but I'm telling you to have the word for word side by side, especially when you are studying. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God as a worker that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? You have to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, the other thing that the Lord told me that I need to say is, does it mean that if you, don't, if you stuck with NLT or ESV or any other translation and you don't get that, you're not going to make heaven? Of course, you will make heaven. But it's going to stunt your growth. 
There are some things you won't get because you are stuck in that. You think it's giving you wise counsel. That's not what he said. He's talking about revelation of the plans of God about your life, about the America, about the church, Global River, about... Amen? So I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying throw away your favorite translation. I'm just saying add to it. Add to your faith, virtue, add to your virtue, knowledge, etc., etc. So the Bible says we may all prophesy. And I also, if you remember the story of Stephen, the evangelist, the Bible says he has, he has four daughters that prophesy. Prophesy doesn't make them prophets. Because the Bible says you may all prophesy. All of us can prophesy. It's speaking forth what the Holy Spirit is giving you in the moment. And it takes faith to step out and do it. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says everyone that prophesy will prophesy in the proportion of the faith that you have been given. In fact, let's go to the text that we have for today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's go to, uh, where's my note here? Everybody, anybody getting blessed so far? I'm just uh, following the Holy Spirit here. Okay, let's go to First Thessalonians 5, 5, 19 to 21. First Thessalonians 5, I think page 3. That's where I was supposed to be. Okay. Aha. This is what I'm looking for. Let's go to... Uh, Romans 12. We're going to come back to 1 Thessalonians. Romans 12. We're going to read from verse 3 to verse 8. The Bible says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We've talked about that earlier. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6. This is very important. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in the proportion of our faith. If it's ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exalts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence of God in that, in those, shows mercy with cheerfulness. Do you see the wisdom of God in, that, in those verses? He's saying that whatever you are called into, you know, the maturity of it or the 
growth of it is going to be in proportion to your faith. Because he started by saying, if it's prophecy, you prophesy to the proportion of your faith. Meaning that when my faith grows from here to here, my prophecy will be stronger. If it's ministry, when my faith grows from here to here, my ministry will be stronger. If it's giving, when my faith grows from here to here, it will be stronger. So it cuts across everybody. Whether you are prophesying, and prophesying that he's talking about here is not talking about the office of the prophet. He's talking about prophesying that we may all prophesy. So here you find that he's, he's trying to broaden all of the gifts that are available to the church. Think about it. If God was going to write about electricity or electrician in the Bible, they don't know what that is back then. How would the apostle know to write that? How would the apostle know to write about Facebook or internet in the Bible? So God had to, is the only wise God. There are people that are anointed to write books. There are people that are anointed to be illustrators. They draw and you're like, wow. I mean, every time I see things like that, I see God. I see the blueprint and the finger of God. That's their gift. So don't despise it because you can't preach. You know, I, I, I want to say this with all humility. There are people that can preach and there are people that cannot. So don't try to be what you are not called to be. I don't know how to draw. So I don't waste my time trying to doodle. I can draw a little bit, you know, stick, stick man. That's about it. But there are people that they will look at an image and they will reproduce it even better than the image. That's God. Amen? That's God. So there are people that cannot preach, so don't try to preach. Does that mean that you don't know the Bible? I'm not saying you don't know the Bible. It's one thing to know the Bible. It's another thing to communicate it. It takes an anointing to communicate. Amen? And you can tell when somebody is anointed in whatever they are doing. If somebody is anointed to preach, to teach, from them to you, you can tell. Because you feel it. It's coming from them to you. You feel it. You don't have, I mean, there's no, you can't, you can't make it up. So stay with your call. The problem in the body of Christ is everybody is trying to be like somebody or what we think it's glamorous. Meanwhile, whatever God has called you to be, you don't have to struggle to be it. Now, there's a period of learning and growing and grooming. I told you the first time I stood up to preach, I froze. And that's an encouragement to some people that God has called you truly to preach. The fact that you failed the first time doesn't mean you should stop. Case in point, when we have babies and we are teaching them to walk, to crawl, and they fall, you know what we do? Let me, let me, let me play it this way. You know, the baby failed. You know, first time, second time, he's like, man, that baby is no good. It's never going to work. We just grab the baby and throw him in the trash. Is that what we do? No. He's going to try it again and try it again. And eventually, he starts walking. 
The same thing in your call as an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, an illustrator, a doctor. Why do they go to training? Because they need to learn and to grow. God will groom you. And then eventually, man, your prophecy and your preaching, it's another level. Amen? Because if you are preaching the same way you were preaching last year, you are not growing. Amen? If you're a preacher. Amen? You're supposed to grow. So don't despise the days of little beginnings. Start there and learn. Get books. Learn from people that are already doing the same thing, that knows more than you. I mean, we see that in the natural stuff. Doctors go for training and they learn from other seasoned doctors. So why do we have problem with that in the body of Christ? Amen? In fact, in the Old Testament, they have the school of the prophets. <laughs> you know that, right? They have the school of the prophet. What are they doing in school? They are teaching them how to hear the voice of God. And the Lord is prompting me now, Eli and Samuel, the little Samuel. He was hearing the voice of God, but because he was not familiar with it, he didn't know what he was hearing. So he went to the priest, the big boss. It's like, you called me. It took him the third time to figure out that that was the Lord. Hear it. said, when he says it the next time, say, speak, Lord, your servant, hear it. And then God began to speak to him. I'm going to do something in Israel that every ear that hear it would tingle. He was learning. God groomed him. He got to a point that he would know when God coughs. Because he's been around them a long time. He knows the voice of the Lord. The same thing for you as a child of God. You grow yourself to a place that you know, that you know, that you know. This is my daddy talking to me. Amen? Amen? So don't despise your days of little beginning. So we see here that every gift is accounted for. And every gift grows. You grow it. And you can stay where you are and not grow, refuse to grow. We see that in careers, people that they, they want to stay there, and that's fine with them. But in the things of God, you're supposed to grow. Because God has set up your assignment in seasons. Amen? In seasons. So if you, if you are successful in season one, you move to season two. If you are successful in season two, you move to season three. And the anointing and the grace you need for season one is, is going to be different from what you need in season two. And all the learnings and growth that you've acquired in season one will prepare you for season two, etc., and etc. Amen? Amen? So run your race. And I say, well, Bishop, I'm, I'm already in my 60s or in my 70s. I'm already in my 50s, in my 40s, or whatever your age is. It doesn't matter. You still got breath in you, Right? You got a pulse, right? <laughs> as long as you have breath, run after it. If all you have left is five years, 20 years, run after it. Amen? And continue to develop yourself and continue to groom yourself to the place that God can use you more than he's used you in the past season. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift 
comes from above. Twist the gift that does not give anybody gifts. He twists the gift that God has placed in people. Beyonce was anointed to sing and praise God. You can choose to use your gift to serve the enemy or to serve God. God is not going to hammer your head and say, no, 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 don't do that. It's a choice. You cannot tell me that that woman was not anointed. Now, she's using it for what she's using it for, but she's anointed to sing. She has a voice. In fact, she started in church. Memory serves me right. So, I told you last time, you can yield to the enemy, or you can yield to God. And God is a gentleman. He gives you a free choice. We were talking about that in the cafeteria earlier. He gives you free will. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is a willful choice. Rejecting him is a willful choice. The Lord will pursue you to your last breath. Take me, take me. I've got all these goodies for you. The devil doesn't have anything for you. It's fire. Do you, you feel the heat? No, I don't want that. You protect your right to go to hell. Amen? But the enemy will clobber you over the head and is the one that twists things and makes people run away from God. Praise the Lord. God gives everyone gifts for the benefit of the body. Whether it's ministry gift or non-ministry gift. That's the way I categorize them. Because at the end of the day, you're... We are all working together as a body, as a doctor. Thank God for doctors. Amen? Thank God for doctors. If not for doctors, many of us would not be here. I'm just saying. Because while you are developing your faith to be able to receive healing for yourself without the need of a doctor, having a doctor helps you to keep you alive so that you can get there. Amen? When you, have, uh, when you have legal issues, you go to the lawyer. Amen? Although some of them, they need some prayer. They are anointed lawyers, but, but it's, it's a call nonetheless. There are anointed lawyers that are doing it the right way. They are pure before the Lord, but there are many of them that are crooked. So they've given the rest of them a bad name. Another thing that I also want to point out Last time, I mentioned that when you, when you are reading a book, when you are read, listening to a message or whatever, the, you have that witness in your heart, amen, that this is of God or this is not of God. The Berean church were an example of that. When Paul would preach to them, they would go home and they would study for themselves whether what was said was true. Am I telling this truth? In, I think it's Acts uh, 17. The Bible talked about the Berean church. Berean. I think maybe my accent is throwing you guys. <laughs> the Berean church. They go and check it out for themselves. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is our guide and he helps protect us. 
so that we don't take in poison. Praise the Lord. And we've talked about the inward witness. And then last time I also talked about uh, how we test prophecy. I don't care what it is. I don't care who that person is. You test it. The Bible says we should test it. Test prophecy. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 20, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things and hold fast that which is good. I learned from uh, my spiritual mentor, one of them anyway, that when, you are, when a person is prophesying, a prophet is prophesying, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, 80% of what they are saying is of the Spirit. The rest of it may be of their flesh. So that's why the Bible says you should test prophecy. First of all, whatever prophetic thing that you are getting, then it must line up with that says this is of the Lord. And then it must line up with the written word. For example, if I come to Brother James right now, I say, does say the Lord. The fact that somebody said, does say the Lord, doesn't mean the Lord is saying. <laughs> and I say, does say the Lord. The Lord is saying, uh, he's going to give you a second wife. <laughs> you know, that's not of God. <laughs> I wanted to give a good example as a teacher, to illustrate my point. That's not of God. Because it goes against what is written in the logos, the book. So whatever prophetic word you are getting. So, for example, there was a, a lady that received, quote-unquote, a revelation. And she was sharing that revelation with Brother Hagen. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a story Brother Hagen told. And Brother Hagin said, uh, you know, share your revelation with me. And she shared the revelation. And while she was talking, he was even halfway through it. He said he was giving her like five or six verses that goes against the revelation. But, you know, I know what I saw. It's my revelation, and I'm going to keep it. It's my baby. You can't have that mindset the enemy will deceive you. Whatever revelation you get must line up with the book, with the word of God. If it goes against the word of God, that's not from God. Because the Bible tells us there are many voices that are out there. It's not every time you hear a voice or a revelation that it's from God. That's why you test it. Amen? The fact that you saw an angel doesn't mean that's from God. The Bible says Satan himself will transform to an angel of light. You know, one of his biggest weapons is deception. You know, I, I was telling this to my kids. I said, you know, they do, uh, we have Nollywood in Nigeria, which is uh, a version of Hollywood. And our Nollywood is fantastic. I mean, we do all kinds of cool stuff, just like Bollywood. And we do some movies that cracks me up. And, you know, this, this woman wants to kill the husband. And then we'll get the food, 
prepare a very, very nice meal for the husband. And then he will add the poison in it and still write on the paper and prepare it and cover it up. When you're giving somebody a poison, you don't write on the plate, poison. You, you, you're not going to write on the plate, poison, because that will give them a clue like, wait a minute, you're trying to kill me? <laughs> Typically, when you're trying to poison somebody, it's disguised. Amen? It sounds good. It looks like the real thing. You know, when, for example, I'll give you another good example. You don't get deceived by a fake $3 bill. Because it doesn't exist. They will deceive you with a $1 bill, a $5 bill, a $100 bill, because it does exist. That's the way the enemy works. It works under the radar to deceive that's how deception works, really. Because if I'm going to deceive you, I'm going to make it sound so good, like the real thing, that you will buy it. But again, the Holy Ghost inside of you, all kinds of alarm will be going off. Like, uh-uh, 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 It will be blaring as loud as it can. Sometimes when God is the Holy Spirit is trying to witness to you and you are not paying attention, sometimes he will use another vessel to come and knock you upside the head. Amen? Because he's been trying to witness to you, but you keep ignoring it. But you have to also make your heart tender to be able to receive what the Lord is saying. Amen? You can't be dull of hearing to hear what God is saying to you. Praise the Lord. So this is all part of, because we can't talk about just prophecy and prophecy and prophecy and not talk about all of this because then you're going to be deceived. Amen? It's not everybody that's preaching that's preaching the truth. It's not every does hear the Lord that the Lord is saying. In fact, you see it in Scripture. Who is it that says a thing and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? One of the tests of the office of the prophet in the Old Covenant is what they say, did it come to pass? Amen? Because if God is saying it, it will come to pass. Praise the Lord. So that's, uh, let me move on from that. Let's go, let's go to who is a prophet. What is the office of the prophet and who is a prophet? Some of the characteristic features that you see from the world about what the God's opinions of man. I don't care about your opinion. You don't care about my opinion. We care about what the book says. <laughs> Praise the Lord. First of all, a prophet is first and foremost a preacher or a teacher. The Bible says in Acts 13, 1, there were certain teachers and prophets. And then it mentioned a bunch of names, including Paul. Verse 2. The Holy Ghost said, Now separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I have called them. In other words, at that meeting, at that gathering, God was moving them into the office of an apostle. Apostle is a sent one. You know, many times people that we call missionaries are truly apostles. 
we just call them missionaries. It doesn't matter. You, you don't have to necessarily give it a title or a name, a prophet, apostle, this, apostle, that. As long as you are doing it, you are doing the call. And there are some people that are not apostles. They are not, they just have a zeal to go someplace, to go to China, to go. And that's great. You should gather that energy to find your call. Because if God has not called you to be an apostle, the anointing and the grace to do it is not there. You'll be struggling and doing it in the flesh, and there's no reward for it. We need to know that. You need to find what God has called you to be. There are some people that God has called to write books they are in the body, pastors, you know, different offices. And there are some people that God has not called them to write books. They are writing it because Pastor Tom wrote a book, so I'm going to write a book. I'm telling you, when we were writing our first book, Don't Buy the Picture, I know because God told me to write it. I had no desire to write a book. Say, write a book. And he helped me because the way God did it was, he told me to write a book called Don't Buy the Picture. And it's going to be about your daughter, a story of the miracle that is going to happen. This was, <laughs> this was when we were in the heat of the battle. You know what that did to me? God was giving me a word of knowledge of what has not happened yet and giving me an assignment to give, my, to give me a focus away from what was happening in the hospital. So I was writing a book while she was in the hospital. Amen? And that book has blessed a lot of people because everybody that has read it, they keep telling me, my goodness, that really encouraged me because, you know, that's what we are going while, Amen? And the other thing I was going to say was, while, I, while we were writing the book, you know, my wife and I we were writing the book, when I sit down to write, that anointing will settle on me. I don't know how to explain it. Amen? When I'm preparing for message, this is before God that we all serve. The anointing is flowing through me. I, can't, I told you, I'll just get up. I have to be talking to somebody. It's so heavy. It sits on me like... When I sit down to write a mess, to write a message, to, to, to put together a message, it's flowing. You, you felt the anointing before, right? But it, it feels, you know, like if you touch electricity before. Um, how do I explain it? You touch, you've touched electricity before, I and mean, you touch something that zaps you, but it's not electricity. So the prophetic anointing is similar but different. The teaching anointing is similar but different. The apostolic anointing is similar, but because it's coming from the same source. But they have different trust and different function in the body. If you're anointed, you know it. And everybody is anointed. The question is, what are you anointed to do? Amen? When I sit down to write, I mean, I, earlier today, you know, I was going over the notes. If... It's just coursing through me. I know it. Yes. I can't help it. If you give me five hours, I'll be preaching five hours. <laughs> because it's my core. It's, it, I've not been to Bible school. I'm not saying there's anything wrong to go to Bible school. In fact, it's good. I'm taking some classes right now. Because, again, grow. Grow. Keep growing. Keep growing till the day you expire. 
Keep growing. I don't care what your age is. You keep growing. You keep learning. You, because this word of God is so vast, your whole lifetime you will be learning. You keep growing. You keep growing. I keep get, I'm not saying keep getting materials and keep expanding myself. So there's, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to Bible school if God tells you to. Remember, follow the Holy Spirit. He's the one that leads and guides. So if he's telling you to go to Bible school, you better pack it up and go. Amen? Follow him. And I've also learned that if you don't obey the last instruction, you ain't getting no more. I mean, he's going to love you. He's going to send people to you to remind you of that last instruction, especially if it's a major instruction. Like what's happening for me for this year, God has spoken to me what to expect for this year. Amen? It should be happening for every child of God. Amen? You should know what's happening because if you fellowship with him, he will talk to you. That's the problem we have in the body of Christ. We don't give God time. We are too busy with other things in life. We don't spend enough time before the Lord to hear what he's saying. You know, we were talking about the generals. Uh, we've had many teachings about that. Do you know what this guy, the price they paid? I'm just talking about generals in the last hundred years. Then go beyond that. And go beyond that, they paid the price. So we have to be students of the word of God and continue to grow and continue to expand ourselves. So a prophet is first of all a preacher of the word of God. A prophet should not, is not supposed to be going around giving, I have a word for you. I have a word. Now if I have a word for you, I will tell you. But if I don't have a word for you, I'm not going to say nothing. That's how you become a false prophet. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's how you become a false prophet. Like what happened on Sunday when pastor spoke to me and I was still down there. I got up. I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? And he said, share what just happened. And that's what I shared. If he said nothing, I'll go to him. I said, pastor, I don't have nothing. <laughs> I'm honest. I'm serious. That's what I would do. I would go to him and say, pastor, I got nothing. And if, if he wants me to close the service, I'll get the Bible and read the Bible and, you know, pray and that's the end of it. Amen? If God is not speaking, don't say anything. Follow what's here. The Bible, not iPad, the Bible. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So a, first, a prophet is God's mouthpiece. And there are different levels of the prophetic based on the scope and the size of the person's ministry. And also their personal faithfulness. We've talked about that. Their personal faithfulness, their prayer life, their study life, um, their integrity before the Lord, how they live their life, and the scope of the assignment that God has for them. You know, in Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 1-2, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Remember the parable of the talents? The guy that has five, that has three, that has one. And the guy that has one went and eat it. Because I, you are a bad man. So I don't want the money to get lost, so I hid it. 
you know what, what the master was upset about was not so much that he had one. Because, again, it's according to their several abilities. So the guy that has five, God anointed him to carry five. For example, the office of the president. If God has not anointed you to be a president, glory to God, and you are in the office, the weight is going to kill you. There's an anointing to be a king. There's an anointing to be a prophet, to be an apostle, to be whatever God has called you to be. So if God has not anointed you to be it, you are, number one, you're going to struggle, and the weight of it will kill you. Amen? So you have to move according to the several abilities God has given you. So if God has called you to our church, be faithful there, that's your call. God has called you to the nation, be faithful there, that's your call. Don't try to expand it or grow it. Sometimes God will mature you and, it, and grow it over time. But that's God. That's God's intention. Amen? So the parable was talking about faithfulness. The guy that has five, be faithful with five. The guy that has three, be faithful with three. The guy that has one, be faithful with one. Amen? God expects faithfulness. A prophet often speaks by inspiration. Usually of the moment, he or she speaks what's on the heart of the Holy Spirit to the people or the person. A prophet preaches or teaches by inspiration. So when a prophet preach or teach, it's different from when any other office preach. Because he's speaking from the prophetic office. It has a different punch to it. Amen? Of that, and depending on where that prophet is in their call, you will feel the weight of that anointing. Amen. A prophet is one that has a consistent manifestation of at least two of the revelation gifts word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits, in addition to prophecy. I told us prophecy is a vehicle for delivery of the message. It can come via a dream. It can come through discerning of spirit, being able to see into the spirit realm. Amen? So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Remember the story of Ananias and Saul? Not Sapphira. Ananias and Saul. When Saul was just getting converted, God gave Ananias a vision, which is discerning of spirit. And inside the vision, he gave him the word of wisdom and word of knowledge because he gave him a revelation of God's plan for Saul, who is now becoming Paul, that is going to carry my message to kings, to big guys, basically. And what things he will suffer for my name's sake. That word of wisdom coming through the vehicle of discerning of spirit. He's seen into the spirit and the Lord was talking to him and giving him that message. So you see the difference between word of wisdom. And then you see word of knowledge also in operation. Because he said, this, this man, there's a man named Saul. He's in, the name of, he's in the house of Saul of Tarsus. And he's praying right now. Real time. Talk about live streaming. <laughs> Glory to God. Talk about live streaming the Holy Ghost. He was telling him what was happening real time. He's praying. And I want you to go and put your hand on him. And Ananias said, God, do you know that that guy is 
killing Christians. I don't want to be anywhere near the same zip code he's in. And the Lord, then that prompted the Lord, not that he prompted the Lord to tell him, but the Lord intended to tell him all along. He now told him, he's a chosen vessel of mine, and he's going to carry my message to kings. Did he? Of course he did. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. And the Bible did not even tell us that whether Ananias shared that with Paul or not. There's no record of it, so we are not going to add it to the Bible. So we see the prophetic in that realm as well. A prophet speaks from the impulse of sudden inspiration, from the light of sudden revelation given to him by the Lord. Many times uh, in the middle of, I told you sometimes, I I said last time, sometimes I'm going like this, it seems like I'm ping-ponging all over the place. It's not my fault. I love to I'm just saying, it's not my fault. I would love to stick to the note and go like this and go like this. But sometimes it goes and then it goes. And many times God does that. I, I heard Brother Hagin is one of my number one mentors. He said one day, uh, the Lord was, you know, he, he's matured at this point. He said he was going to get up to speak at a place. As he was walking up to the podium, the Lord said, I want you to change your message. Because there are four guys in the back, and he, the Lord gave him the names. And I want you to change your message because of them. So he had his notes of what he was going to preach. Pack up the notes. Open your Bible to so-and-so, and he spoke the entire message by prophecy. Amen? Because he had no notes. And... And I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself to get to that place by the grace of God. But for now, baby steps. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when, a, when a prophet gives a word or a message, he or she may be speaking about the beginning, the middle, or the end of that message only. Remember, whatever revelation you're getting, it's in part. We know in part, we prophesy in part. A prophet receives revelation always in part, never in whole. No matter the extent of the details, it's still in part. And why does God do that? Because he wants his children to walk by faith. Amen. Because if God, think about it this way. If God tells me everything he has planned out, everything, it would be nice, right? All I have to do is just open my journal and say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do tomorrow. That would not be cool. It would be boring. But God wants you to... I'm sorry? <laughs> I know. It would be cool, but that's not how God... He wants us to walk by faith. Amen? And learn to trust Him for every day, every step we are taking. That's why God does it that way. Because Hebrews eleven six tells us without faith, it's impossible to please Him. In fact, when you look at Scripture, there are a few things that pleases God. One of them is faith. Very few things that pleases God. The Bible says clearly in black and white, this pleases God. Obedience is another one. But faith pleases God. Let me run through this real quick so that we can go to uh, the next section next time. A prophet is not by man. Anointed and separated into the office by God, not by man. 
not by his denomination, not by his pastor. <laughs> God is the one that calls and sets him in that, in that office. Because a believer prophesied does not make them a prophet. Every believer may prophesy. You may notice the word may. Because if, if God is bubbling up something on the inside of you and you don't yield, you know what? God, that happened to me recently, and I think I shared it. I was sensing, you know, the bubbling. I call it the bubbling. And I got up to give the message, and I found out Teresa told me she had the same thing. Because it's the same Holy Ghost. If I did not obey it, you know what God would do? He would push her, not push her, but prompt her to go give it. Because God wanted to give that message. He said, Bishop, go give it. If I keep sitting down, I keep dragging my feet, dragging my feet, she's going to go up and do it. Amen? If God needs it done, and you are not going to do it, he's going to raise up somebody else to do it. Because we, as a church, we are yielded to him, and you as an individual, you're yielded to him, he will, you pick it up. It's the same Holy Ghost. When God is speaking in a certain way in the service, there's a witness in your heart, that's of the Lord. Amen? Again, we are going back to that witness. That's the primary, primary way that God leads all of his children. Amen? So let me run through this real quick because of time. A prophet does more than prophesy. Sometimes uh, a healing ministry will be attached to the prophetic. Sometimes uh, an apostolic, because sometimes a person can stand in more than two or three offices. We see that in the Bible. Uh, Paul was in the office of a teacher, a prophet, and an apostle. And when he started, he started by teaching. And then God moved him to the office of prophet. And then when the time came, he passed the test. Because God tests you. Not, um, not like the devil does. Not trials. But you have to pass the test of faithfulness and, and the test of obedience. And then when the time comes, in the heart of the Father, he will move you into that other office. So, but then when you move into the apostolic, in the prophetic and the teaching dies. No, you are walking in those three. You are moving in those three simultaneously. So a prophet is primarily, first of all, a teacher of the word or a preacher of the word. The New Testament prophet is a seer, somebody that sees into the realm of the spirit. The New Testament prophet is not to direct the life of the believer. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. You will never find it anywhere in the Bible where the Bible says the prophets should direct you. No. It says, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we talked about that earlier, that even the most important leading of the Lord, the fact that you are born again, you got it by a witness. <laughs> it wasn't like God sent you an email. Now you are born again. Congratulations. No, it wasn't an email. It wasn't a text. It wasn't a Snapchat. It wasn't a post on Instagram. You got it right here. And nobody can take that away from you. 
Even on days that you don't you feel crappy, you still have that witness. Yes, I feel bad today, but he loves me. Ah, devil, he still loves me. Amen. So that is very, very important. So we can, I mean, you've kind of seen a synopsis of the office of the prophet. A healing ministry also goes with the prophetic office many times. And uh, I said earlier, shoot, I, have, I still have a lot. So I'm going to have to wrap it up because it's already 8, 8.03. Um, I said earlier that sometimes people are trying to do an assignment or do something that God has not called them to do. Then it's going to be a struggle. Now, we need to differentiate that from being in the beginning phase, like a baby trying to walk. There's a witness in you that you're supposed to be doing that. Even though you are not so good at it, you are still wobbly. Amen? And you find that in the place of koinonia. Koinonia means fellowship with God. He will tell you. I mean, he's the one that gave you the assignment to begin with. So... Why would he be hiding it from you? That would not be a good plan. (laughs) God made a plan for you to do certain things for him in his body, and he's hiding it from you. That doesn't make any sense, even on the surface. He's going to tell you. So, But you have to avail yourself to him in order for him to speak to you. Uh, A prophet, I I have to share this one. A prophet can only give or do what the Lord has given them. Can only give... Or should only give or do what the Lord has given them. We've seen prophets that are truly called of God and they get derailed. Many times they get derailed by money, greed. And then they prophesy money out of your pocket. The Lord is saying, there's somebody here. Give me a hundred. Give me a hundred. Give me a hundred. Give me a hundred. (laughs) Nah. Now, we need to clarify that. Sometimes God will release a word that he wants his people to give, but not of compulsion. Not to prophesy the money out of your pocket into my pocket. When people start doing that, they are getting off. They are getting off track. Amen? So we need to be very careful when it comes to that. Um, We see an example of that with Gehazi. Gehazi was learning to, as one of the son, the son of the prophet. I mean, think about it. He should have gotten a double portion of a double portion. Do you see that? <laughs> he should have gotten the double. Instead, he got leprosy because of greed. So we have to be very careful about that. Money and sometimes fame uh, derails ministers of God. Uh, and then they start, you know, feeling themselves. Praise the Lord. And then, you know, like, uh, what's his name? In the book of Judges, Samson said, I will now shake myself like at other times. The Bible says he did not know that the spirit had left him. I shake myself. He thought it was the shaking that made it happen. But it was the Holy Spirit. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. We are past our time. Um, again, sometimes the, the prophetic teaching sometimes doesn't flow. We just thank you for tonight. You know, you, you guys understand. 
so let's pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the release of your word tonight. Everything that you said tonight was what you wanted to say. And so, Father, we thank you. We honor you tonight. And if there's anybody here tonight that does not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not born again, or you are watching uh, online, uh, you are not born again. You've not made Jesus your Lord, and the message tonight has drawn you to the heart of the Father. I want you to say this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer from your heart, the Bible says you got born again. And like we've been saying in the message, you have a witness that you are truly a son or a daughter of the Most High. There's anybody here that needs any kind of prayer, any kind of prayer, uh, please come forward tonight and we are going to pray and agree together in faith and believe God. Faith is the substance of the things that we hope for, the evidence of things that we don't see. We just believe it because God says so. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what my senses are telling me. I just believe God. So let's, anybody that wants a prayer, please come forward. The service is over. We're actually over by eight minutes. We are going to continue next week, and we are going to continue to build on this line upon line, precept upon precept, and it's going to take off from there. Amen. Amen.